Hello and welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show, where we inspire you to live a longer, healthier, happy, and more joyful life. We cover everything you need to know to be optimally healthy in your mind, body, and spirit. Are you ready to become the ultimate version of yourself? Well, let's dive into another episode with your host and guide by your side, Allie West. Hi, hello, welcome, good evening, good morning, good night, whatever the time is, wherever you are listening to this episode, welcome to the show. This is episode number 74 of the Kinetic Fitness Show. My name is Ali West and I am extremely appreciative and grateful that you have taken your time out to listen to this episode today. Before I introduce my guest today, I have an amazing guest by the way, before I introduce her and before we get stuck into this topic and this area of health and well-being, there's a few things that I would love for you to do for me. Firstly, hit that subscribe button. Takes you two seconds and then you'll be updated with whenever I release an episode. Secondly, leave me a review, particularly if you are on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help me to grow, they help me out massively, but not just that, I love reading them and seeing what you think of the show. The third and final one is to share this podcast, share this episode, spread the love. The more we share it, the more people I and we can inspire to live longer, healthier, happier, and more joyful lives. The best way that you can share this podcast is by grabbing a screenshot of the episode, of this episode, posting it to your social media, on your feed, in your stories, tagging me in it, Ali West Coach. You will find me on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then people are going to see it and I will share it as well. I will reshare it and we can spread the love and inspire more people. Right then, let's get stuck in today's episode. My guest today is Sarah Rose Bright. Sarah is a leading certified sex, pleasure and intimacy coach, empowering women and couples to discover and express their true sexual nature. Sarah is a pioneer as the UK's first certified sex coach and one of the first somatic sex educators. She is a founder of many transformative programs and she blends extensive training, personal experience, ancient wisdom and modern sexology for the clients to love their true sexual nature and create happy, healthy and empowered, confident lives. She has over 15 years of training and education and 10 years running a highly successful practice. Sarah has since helped hundreds of women, men, and couples release their stress, worry, guilt, and shame around sex to unlock their sexuality and grow in self-confidence, creativity, health, and vitality, relationships, work, and live more fulfilling lives. Sounds like the perfect person for this podcast, right? And she is, and she was. We recorded this episode a few weeks ago now, and I loved every second of it. To be honest, I had been wanting to cover this area of sexual health, relationships, intimacy for quite a while. So I reached out to Sarah, asked her onto the show, and she agreed. And I was super excited to interview her, and we recorded this brilliant episode just a few weeks ago. We cover many different areas of sexuality, sexual health, relationships, intimacy, and Sarah has so much expertise, wisdom, knowledge on this area. So I know you're going to love it. And if you are somebody that is maybe struggling 
with your sexual health, with your relationships, with your self-confidence, self-esteem, then this is the episode for you. But even if you're not, you're going to get so much from it. I learned so many things on this episode and I know you will do as well and get so much value from it. So let's not waste any more time without any further ado. This is episode number 74 of the Kinetic Fitness Show with Sarah Rose Bright. Let's do it. Hey Sarah, thanks for joining me on the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, I know you've had a bit of a hectic day and you're doing some training for the three peaks. Am I right? Yeah, I am indeed. Yep. <laughs> Set myself so, the challenges here. Never done anything like it before, but really looking oh, it's really good. It's, it. a, it's a big one to take on. So <laughs> I wish you all the best with that. And I'm, I'm glad you could uh, find some time to do this with me. I really appreciate you taking your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Cool. So there's uh, lots of little areas and topics that we're going to dive into on this uh, on this podcast. But before we do that, could you just give myself and the guys that will be listening to this or are listening to this podcast a little bit of information about you uh, and what you do and, and who you are? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so um, I am a sex, pleasure and intimacy coach, and I've been doing this full time now for 10 years. Um, and it's just my total passion to, to work with this topic. Um, I got into this topic, not because I'm really good at it, but because I was having loads of problems with it. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, had a, I was just terrified of it, actually. I, I didn't know how to communicate, didn't like my body, all sorts of different things. And I just got to the stage where I knew I had to do something about it. Um, and I just thought there was something deeply wrong with me. Um, and then when I started to research and, and, and um, go on workshops and, and get support myself, I realized how common this is. Um, my life just changed phenomenally when I addressed this because I had so much fear around it. Um, and I never thought I'd be here 15 years later doing it as a full-time career. <laughs> um, but it's just my passion to help people to um, overcome sexual challenges um, and also to see the potential of it because um, you know our sexual our sexuality isn't just for sex in the bedroom it's our life force it's a power source um, and when we really harness that so much um, can ripple out and benefit the rest of our lives for sure yeah amazing and 15 years that's a good good haul <laughs> it certainly <laughs> it certainly is <laughs> Well, the first area I'd like to touch on, and you briefly mentioned it there, was uh, around the challenges and the, and the issues that, that people suffer with in terms of intimacy and, and, the, and sexual relationships and those areas. So what are some of the common issues, problems, challenges that arise that you probably see time after time? And we'll yeah. start with that and then we'll go from there. Cool. So, I mean, I think, you know, we've got the standard ones, like, um, for example, somebody who's having problems getting erections or ejaculating quickly, more quickly than they'd like. People who aren't feeling like they're having their sexual desires low or non-existent is another really common one. Um, women feeling that they um, can't orgasm. Um, all those sort of uh, people having in relationships where there's, there's, there's not having much or, or very little sex and they're not fulfilled by it. There's all sorts of common ones like that. Um, and then there's lots of others that really come into it, like people might have issues around their body image or they just might have a lack of confidence, which may come from just the fact that we don't have any good education around this. And there's so many myths around how sex should be and what sex should look like that, that people really um, believe in um, and, and understandably, because that's what we learn. Um, so there's that sort of thing that I see all the time as well. People that they don't know what they want. They don't know how to ask for it. 
they're too scared to admit they don't know. Um, I mean, there's just such a, a massive range of different reasons that people come to me and people can really feel that they're the only one experiencing this. Um, and they feel maybe there's something wrong with them or there's, um, you know, but, but I promise you, if you're experiencing any of these things, there's hundred percent nothing wrong with you. It's no wonder in the, you know, you wouldn't go and, um, learn, you know, we wouldn't go and drive a car without somebody showing you what to do, but we don't have any, um, le any good sex education around our bodies and our pleasure. And what we do have is actually quite fear-based. It's how not to catch <laughs> diseases, how not to get pregnant rather than, here's your body, here's your pleasure, this is how it works, here's how to ask for what you want, here's to say no, all of these things that we, you know, we should be taught. Yeah. Are, are there any particular things then, Sarah, that, are, that you'd say are, are maybe the root cause, that are the deep line or the foundational uh, problems that are causing these other symptoms? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think just what, what I shared is sex education is such a key thing. And what people watch is they watch porn, they watch the movies. And if you look at a typical heterosexual interaction, it's, you know, the woman has her, the clothes are off in seconds, yeah. the man's penetrating her within seconds. And that imprint, that mental imprint stays in our mind as this is how sex should be, even though we maybe know on some level that, that there's more to it than that. Um, and so I think the whole way we learn sex is very goal focused. Mm. And so people focus on successful sex. If you're in a heterosexual relationship has to look like um, man penetrates the woman after a little bit of foreplay. And then um, it has to finish in ejaculations, orgasms, ideally at the same time. And if we don't somehow do that, we're not successful. And that creates so many problems because that sense of performance of, or I haven't got, I'm not hard enough, I'm coming too quickly, I'm not getting aroused quick enough. All of this performance anxiety that I see across genders um, really just creates pressure, which mm. needn't be there. Um, so when I'm working with people, it's about reframing it, not about performance and goals, but about finding where the pleasure is and just yeah. enjoying that. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Another, I guess another big area that people suffer with is the, sh the whole shame thing, isn't it? Comes into it and they they shame Massively. themselves and shame their partners for most of the time, no reason. Yeah, well, um, but also thank you for bringing that in because it's such an important topic, you know, and the amount of people that, for example, you've been caught by a family member masturbating as a young person and you were just told off or told that was dirty or something like that, you know, and those comments really stick. And actually, we've all got tales of our sexual evolution where we've had experiences that we maybe feel shame around or fantasies that we feel shame around. And not to mention the whole, you know, there's a whole thing of, you know, there's a huge amount of people, unfortunately, have experienced some sort of sexual trauma and the shame that that can leave people with, or we've had a partner, you know, that's another reason part people may feel a lack of confidence is they've had a partner say, you're rubbish at this, or you, 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 you think we're gonna do that together, that's disgusting, you know, all these sort of comments which can make somebody feel really shameful. And that, that someone said to me, the three biggest sexually transmitted infections are shame, guilt, and fear. And I think yeah. there's a lot of truth in that. You know, guilt of being sexual, fear of being sexual, fear of saying what we really want. And all these things are very, very um, common, unfortunately. Yeah, makes sense. Talk us through the process then. So if I was to come to see you, how do you work with a client? I know obviously you work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but you also work with couples as well. So what does the process look like and how would you help people with a lot of these issues that you've just mentioned? 
and, and I also do groups as well because sometimes yeah. you know people don't need the depth of one-on-one -on -one and actually coming together as a group to talk about this stuff in a really open and honest way can be so healing and empowering because it's like oh my god they think that or I never thought that would be happening for them and you know that's really beautiful to happen but in terms of one-to-one -one, I mean I think what 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 my approach is very much sex positive because I think you know not everybody is sex positive um, and you know I certainly totally honor and celebrate people where they're at in terms of their what their sexual fantasies are, what their beliefs are, um, what their, 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 maybe their sexual orientation, their sense of their gender, all these different aspects, it's, it's positive towards um, uh, their sexuality. And it's also very holistic because I think we can't look at sex in isolation. So for example, if somebody's feeling low desire, so many people I work with who aren't feeling a lot of sexual desire are just so busy in their lives and burnt out and exhausted, then they just don't make the link that if they're feeling that in their everyday life, it's going to impact how they feel sexually. So yeah. there's three areas where I really work with people. I would sort of put it as coaching, education, and practices. So there's the coaching part of what are you thinking, feeling, believing, experiencing, and it's dipping back into the past because that can have an influence, but I work very much as a coach. So it's much more about here's where we are. Let's move forward. I'm, you know, um, I'm, there may be times when I refer someone to more of a therapeutic approach and so we've got the coaching aspect of it because everybody has got some misunderstandings or beliefs about how sex should be, um, for sure. Then we've got the education piece. I mean, I've been doing this stuff 15 years in, in terms of research and exploration, and I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much we don't even know about how our arousal works and our bodies and our pleasure works from a like scientific perspective. You know, no wonder we can be struggling with it. So there's this sort of education piece about our bodies and our arousal and how that all works. And also just, you know, a whole host of different stuff from, okay, if we take, say, penetration off the table, what, you know, what else is there available, for example? Um, because there's so much that we can explore um, and helping people to get in touch with what they really want and what they really desire rather than what they think they should desire or trying to fit in with their partner's desires. And then there's the practice piece because you, there's a whole different thing between talking about sex or sexual activity to doing it something. And so, um, you know, so for me, the practices are really key. If you're going to learn to a sport, if you're going to learn a dance step, you have a lot of time practicing it. And it's exactly the same with this. And when it comes to sex, we don't have a culture of practice. You know, I say to clients, if you look at a band that's playing at the O2 Arena, they've put hours of practice to show up and do that concert. We're just expected to show up in the bedroom without any practice time. We're expected to just know it all, which is such a huge myth um, again. So whether people are single or dating or in relationship, creating time for them to practice and get to know their bodies and pleasure. And you can do that as a single person and you can do that in, in, in with lovers and partners as well. Um, because then, especially when you're with lovers and partners, it takes away the um, feeling that you need to know this or, or you're both learners together. Yeah. And so having time to explore and practice is key. Um, and, you know, that for me is the missing element that a lot of, uh, of, a lot of um, people you know, miss out on. And if we don't have those practices, how do we make that education piece real how do we make it alive so that's the sort of three elements yeah and i think as well if you want to have a strong relationship with with anyone they don't have to necessarily be a a long-term partner but if you want that strength of that 
relationship, then exploration is a big part of that. Do you know what I mean? If you can, if you can explore together and explore all the different facets and elements of intimacy and sexuality, then you're both going to grow as individuals as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. But a lot of people really don't know how to do that (laughs) because, um, you know, with this idea of we should be sort of sexually perfect and so many people are striving to live up to that. So it's about getting messy and just saying, I don't actually know some of these things. Let's explore where is the pleasure on my body? What happens if I ask for that? What would you like me to do to you? And just really playing with all of that. Yeah. So we've mentioned one kind of skill there, which is exploration to to develop um, our love life, our sex life, our intimacy. What would be some other, I know it's going to vary for different people, but what are maybe some key fundamental skills that people need to work on, develop, harness, enhance to to take things to the, the highest level. So it's- <laughs> Yeah. Well, really, totally, that's sort of really getting to know your own body and pleasure because, you know, where are the pleasure points on your body? And people often so, their pleasure is so genitally focused and, you know, for good reason, um, it feels good. But actually, there's so many um, other places on the body. And at the Taoist tradition, they say there's something like 21 or 27, I always get it mixed up, different erogenous zones. So mm. you've got your primary erogenous zones that we all know, but we've got your secondary and tertiary ones like, um, you know, the nape of the neck and the backs of the knees. And, you know, you'll, you know, people know some of those anyway, but I just say, go discover. And I always recommend people have time doing it on their own, not just with a partner, because you get to tune into your body in a different way. So that's really key. Communication is really key. Um, because I think if you look at sex on porn or in the movies, there's no communication usually at all. Nobody says, how does that feel? What would make this better? Um, And I'm not saying you don't want to run in commentary every time you're in a sexual encounter, but being able to voice what you want um, is really, really key. And so many people cannot do that or they're scared of doing it because it can easily be perceived as criticism. They know how to say what they don't want but they don't know what to say how they do want. So for example, it might be, I don't like that. So I might just say, can you go slower? But the partner can take that as on doing it wrong. I mean, I've just seen that dynamic happen time and time again. So finding language that's like, okay, that, that maybe you put it in the positive. So I'd love it if you go, I'm loving this now, but if you go a bit slower, can we try that? And then you go a bit slower and you just go, oh my God, that's amazing. Well, the person's going to respond very differently. Yeah. If you can create a conversation and language that's um, positive and generative and that you're sharing the experience. The communication, sorry to interrupt you, Sarah, yeah, but the communication's okay. got to be not just in the, the sexual environment as well, like whether that's the bedroom, the living room, wherever. It's got to be out of that environment as well, hasn't it? Because I, I know that me, my wife and I, we communicate about this, about sexual uh, pleasure and intimacy outside of the... the the sexual environment as well so I think it's important that you're communicating on both fronts 100% and actually for some conversations around it it's better to have it out of the bedroom yeah and I think it's really good to have some healthy conversations because you know we often have a vision for every area of our life we've got our fitness goals or we've got our health goals we might have goals for our career or, or aims or intentions whatever language or we might have um, stuff around how we spend our time. This year, I want to do more of this. But often sex is a missing piece, is not discussed. And I think it's really great to sort of look at, well, where are we now sexually? And what would we like to grow? Is there stuff we'd like to explore? Or would we like to commit to more time exploring? Or 
Um, you know, there might be one thing one partner wants to learn and the other's not so keen and how you might manage those differences because there's always solutions for this stuff. And I think some of those conversations are actually much better out of the bedroom yeah. um, than in the bedroom. So yeah, great point. So when people start to work on these skills and develop it, communication, exploration, all these other ones that we've mentioned, what, what are going to be some of the major benefits? What kind of differences are people going to see in their, not just maybe in their, their love life and their sex life, but in other areas of their life as well? Well, I think, you know, um, one of, there's a, a T. Harvey Ecker, the coach, quite a famous coach, says how you are in anything is something like how you are in anything is how you are in everything. Yeah. And so um, what I found, I've had people come to me that say, yeah, yeah, I'm really good at communicating. And then when we drill down to how they communicate around their sexual needs, um, they are not as um, adept as they thought. And so when they start to explore asking for things differently or really owning their needs rather than maybe hiding them or whatever or changing them, then they start to see the difference in every aspect of their lives. So I've seen this time and time again when people start to address the, some of these things sexually, that actually they're like, oh my God, that's just, um, I'm, I'm finding I'm asking for something at work. Like I had one woman, she like doubled her salary, went for a new job nice. that she never thought she was going to go for because of her confidence. But as her confidence increased sexually, she took this risk, went for this job, never thought she'd got it, got it and doubled her salary. So you know, yeah. these things really can ripple out because I think the sexual side of it is the most intimate part of ourselves. It's where we are most vulnerable often. And so if we address it here, it's, um, it's like at the deepest part of our core on some level. So I just see time and time again when people do address it, how it ripples out. And I just see them feeling more confident. I've had people in business, you know, say to me that they've taken, they're able to take more risks and gone for business deals that they didn't go for before. I've had um, people say they're, they're kinder to people around them. They're either a better manager or a better dad or a better mum because they're just happier. Um, um, they've, I've had actually had people like, ha, you know, had one guy who had all this like eczema that he'd had for years and within weeks of working with me, it just all disappeared um, because nice. he just felt such shame. He'd had 20 years of going around psychotherapists and all sorts of stuff who were telling him there was something wrong with him. And when I started working with them and I was just like, whoa, no, there's nothing wrong. No wonder you're struggling with this. And just it all just cleared up. So it's, it speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, as well, because when we're, when we're working on these areas and when we're having amazing sex and uh, amazing intimacy, it's energy, isn't it? So we're, we're changing the whole energy in our body, the whole vibrational energy, uh, biochemistry, all of it's getting absolutely. affected. Yeah, absolutely. Our hormones, um, everything. And, you know, I feel that, you know, research shows that, that people who are sexually satisfied are healthier, have better relationships, has impact on our immune systems um, in positive ways. Um, you know, it, it really does benefit everything. Yeah. And, you know, you know, that sort of thing of like, oh, just had sex today, skipping down the street, that sort of image, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm smiling because it's just made me think of something. Um, we, 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 um, my wife and I, I hope she's not going to mind me saying this, but we often say like, oh, some good sex solves everything. hundred <laughs> percent. So there you go. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, and I, t and I totally believe that it's possible in long-term relationships as well. It's possible when we're older, this idea that we're going to shrivel up and, you know, sex isn't part of our lives or as we get older in a relationship, it's going to just dry up. 
it just needs attention and cultivating, just like any, like we need our health needs looking after. So does our sex lives. And well, it is part of know, health, isn't it? To me, to me, it's anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because one of the main things that we're here to do as human beings, as well, is to reproduce. So I know that that a lot of these areas around the world, where, pe- where people live, like well beyond a hundred, they're all still having sex, like beyond a hundred. So it's that says something in itself. Totally possible, a hundred percent. I mean, we might have to adapt it a bit because our bodies change, but pleasure and intimacy and and all of this, and it's you know when we're in pleasure. And things like when we um, have an orgasm, it flushes cortisol out our system, you know, which is why it's just such a great, you know, there's that, I love the saying, an orgasm a day keeps the doctor away. Um, but, you know, you don't have to have orgasm to experience that. Just being in pleasure, allowing the body to be relaxed, um, it just totally changes um, our, our, our sort of biochemistry and makes us feel better. Um, it, you know, I know it does for me and you just, as you shared, and I know that's the same for many people. Definitely. So there's, there's benefits on the whole spectrum, really, isn't they? The mind, the body and the spirit as well. 100%. Wicked, wicked. Let's go off topic a little bit then, because I know that you, uh, you use this, the Jade Egg. Let, let's talk about that. So talk, <laughs> talk to me and the listeners about that, because I was like skipping through your website, reading, and I was, like, came across this. I was like, I've never seen that, never heard of it. So explain a little bit about that and how it can help people and what it's all about. Okay, so one of the sort of um, lineages I've studied is the Taoist lineage of sexual health, and um, you know the 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 Taoist is philosophy. You know, maybe heard of the way of the Tao and things like Qigong and Tai Chi. And so for me, the the, the Qigong it's like a it's like a system of cultivating our sexual energy, um, and there's practices for the for men and there's practices for women, um, and um, so for example, for um, things like breast massage for men, there's things like testicle massage and different types of things that men can do to um, help connect with and increase their sexual power and energy. And I, I, I've been studying it for many years so as my partner, and I just, I think it's got a lot of benefits. And one of them is the jade egg. You know, this is it. Our sexual cells isn't just for, so what the Taoists and the Tantricas have been studying and belief for eons is that when we connect with our sexual energy and consciously channel it and use it, it's going to help with our health and it's going to help with our longevity. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's, you know, what an amazing reason, <laughs> never mind the pleasure. So the jade egg is a piece of jade and jade is a, a um, it, it is in, in it's egg shaped and it's inserted inside a woman's vagina. And then there's a series of exercises to help um, exercise and tone the pelvic floor and all the muscles there. And, you know, for so many women, um, the statistics are frightening in certain levels, in certain sort of demographics, like women after childbirth, um, of experiencing things like incontinence and prolapses, because they don't pay attention to this area. And I've certainly experienced it myself. And so what I would say is, if you're listening, you know, for me, the message is look after this area of your body, because so much of it's preventable. And the jade egg's just one tool. And so... um, but, but by doing these different squeezes and exercises, it just helps exercise tone there. So, you know, I've seen women at menopause where they've not had much lubrication, bring lubrication back there. Women where they haven't had much sensation, increased sensitivity there. Women after trauma who've used the egg as a self-healing tool where just by being able to be with and listen to their body and connect back in with their body after traumatic experiences has been really healing as well. 
Um, so um, I've seen so many um, benefits. So many women, this area of their body, they may never touch except for sexual, medical and hygiene reasons. So for women to have this as a tool can be really empowering and it can also help increase sensitivity. It can be um, benefits for lovemaking, all sorts of different things. The female listeners need to go and get themselves one then, don't they? <laughs> Check it out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I can definitely vouch for a lot of that stuff you said with, with the female clients that I've worked with as well. I mean, I must have trained, I don't know, hundreds of, of clients that have helped with their pelvic floor and they have they've might have been menopausal or... Um, perimenopausal or they've had kids or anything and a lot like, as you said a lot of women suffer with these issues and needing to go to the bathroom all the time and yeah. they, and all that kind of stuff so anything that we can do to help strengthen that area which is so vital for for our health is 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 massive for sure yeah it's phenomenally vital and the the perineum which is the you know the center part between the sort of the bottom of the the um, vaginal lips and the anus. Um, the Taoists call it the trampoline of spirit. Because it sends the energy, the energy up, the Kundalini energy. Absolutely. And also there's a ton of meridian lines that cross there. Yeah. You know, so it absolutely helps so much of our body um, and on so many different ways. It's such an important part to look after. So that's wonderful you're doing that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. What, I mean, for me as well, I, I'm going down a rabbit hole here again as well, but... I'm I'm also into the whole kind of the spiritual tantric side of of sexuality as well. And why why do you think that this is there's there's not as many people maybe into this or maybe practicing this th these things or know about the jade egg, for example? It, does that go back to the education or what do you think the reasons are? Well, I think when it comes to things like tantra and Taoism and the jade egg, they're perceived as quite or they're, they're quite alternative concepts they're not mainstream concepts yeah. at all um and you know some people do dismiss them as more woo-woo and all of this but you know I, also more of this stuff is sort of being backed up by neuroscience and different things as time yeah. goes on and i would say you know 15 years ago when i went to a tantra workshop nobody knew about tantra <laughs> Um, but um no i think there's been a huge growth in awareness of tantra and Taoism and the jade egg um so it's just there's a, there is definitely a wave happening um and more and more people wanting to you know to, to, to are looking for something different and so so i do see it shifting good good interesting yeah so let's talk about results then maybe that you've had with i know you've mentioned a few of clients that you've worked with already but if i had to say maybe the one or two best results that you've you've seen in your your long career your 15 year career what what would they be can you tell us and share some of those amazing results that you've had yeah i mean i i mean i'm blessed to have had so many amazing results working with the clients that i have um and you know like one client recently i remember she said to me she said i came to you to sort my sex life out not change my whole life <laughs> and what happened and she was ready for it as well but she started to put herself first in life so it wasn't just putting herself first in terms of this is what i might need in the bedroom and asking for it because as i say it ripples out so as she started to do that she was like ah actually i want to put myself first in the rest of my life um and more central you know and, and so that changed how she communicated at work that changed where she lived actually it changed so much of stuff um and she'd been avoiding intimacy for over 10 years um, for various reasons. And, and the longer she left it, the easier it got to 
avoid it until she was approaching a 40th birthday where it was like, actually, I've got to give this a shot and do something about this. And that's when often people come to me as sort of a last resort. Like I had another guy and he was ejaculating quickly and it affected both his marriages. And he was only in his early 50s and his last wife had, um, he was a widow. And he, he read my website for three years before he had wow. the courage to contact me. And that's not rare, that does happen. Because I think what people fear is that I'm going to say, yes, you're absolutely right. There is something wrong with you, which I would never in a million years do because I just don't believe there's anything wrong with anyone when it comes to that. And so, um, and you know, like the first session, he said to me, I actually feel like a million times better just from sharing all of this. And he thought there wasn't any solutions because I think as well, you've got one of the big issues at the moment is the medicalization of sexual problems. You know, so Viagra is just seen as a solution. Um, and then there's also, you know, there's been this massive race to try and find a pill for women to help them with desire, which, you know, they've, they've not managed to do as yet. So people see them, their problems through the medical lens. And because of that, when we use language like dysfunction, people feel there's something broken within them that's not fixable. And this is what I mean about it being sex positive and much more around the education piece. Because, you know, certainly there are some times when um, sexual problems are a symptom of an underlying health problem. But for so many people I work with, it's actually down to lack of education. It's down to past experiences that have affected them. It might be a symptom of a current relationship that then problem that they're not dealing with. It might be down to all sorts of different things. And like this guy, you know, when he addressed his, he was ejaculating quicker than he'd like to. And when he addressed that, he was in a relationship which he never thought he'd be in again. I mean, he literally had written it off like that would be, that's me at 53 for the rest of my life. Um, and his confidence started, again, offshoots in work, went traveling around the world for a period of time and just did all sorts of amazing things. So I often describe it when I'm working with clients, sometimes it's like their life goes from black and white to technicolor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's drained the life force out of them. They feel such shame they all guilt or fear. They feel um, that, that maybe that's it. They're on the shelf. They're not going to be with anybody any longer. And so to see them come back to life and realize that actually they're totally fine just as they are. And they're just going to have time to learn how to um, be, you know, so much of the time, it's just good sex education and some good coaching that can sort some of these challenges out. Yeah. And I think, and, sorry, can I just say oh, one thing? Yeah. It's also having someone to talk to. Because when you're on your own with this, um, it just increases and magnifies the problem a million times more. And so, you know, most people cannot talk to even their best friends honestly and openly about this. And a lot of the conversations can be much more from a place of like, check me out bravado than yeah. actually the reality. So I've worked with so many men where they're like, if my friends find out about this, they would just like rip the mick out of me. Um, and I couldn't face it, you know, that sort of feeling. So that's why for me going and creating, having positive conversations about this and making this just something that's natural part of life um, can help people to not feel so alone with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, all of that stuff you've just said is just, highlighting those those things you mentioned education coaching because again it's this this stigma around things as, uh, particularly with guys as well that as you said the ego the bravado um but also the stigma around that we can't we can't talk about this stuff and we can't share it and then it just makes the the, the situation or the issue 
10 times a million times worse. So I think for things to change and for areas to improve, we need to open up and we need to have less shame around it and, and be more open to, to talk about issues that we might have around sex and sexuality and intimacy. It's, it's really important and it's the only yeah. way that people can grow in this, in this area that we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. and all that stuff as well as highlights how you can change. Yep. We're not stuck. We're, we're malleable in our brains, in our body, in our spirit, and we can all make changes. And all of those examples that you use there are proof that people can change. So if you are listening to this and you think, oh, I'm stuck with this problem forever, it's not the way. You can, you can yeah. change. Honestly, I've seen people who, I've seen people, it's like miracles happen, you know, and, and who thought they would never, ever change this. So I think, you know, that's why I think with this, getting support can be wise, you know, because like some people go and see a PT because they know they're never going to motivate themselves to do this regularly on their own. Well, it's um, the power and, of coaching, isn't it? It's the coaching yeah. that, that sometimes it takes that other person to spot your blind spots or to give you the accountability yep. or to give you the plan of action to, to take yep. you from where you are now to where you want to be. And I know that from what I do on a daily basis. So the totally. coach is powerful. hundred percent. And also, you know, I think another part of that as well is just to be able to share what works because I think if you look on the internet these days, when you search for something that's a problem, it's overwhelming what's out there and it's really hard to know what's right and good for you so going to somebody who can just distill it and see exactly what you need um, and and make those interventions can just really help you get there faster and easier on your own and also have a lot more fun <laughs> so, yeah, yeah yeah I want to I want to just flip back a little bit backtrack mm. and go back to the communication side of things because I think this is massive and I think this is where people can have the the biggest impact as well I know we've just touched on it a little bit there but yeah if 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 there is someone listening to this or there are people out there that maybe they're, they're, they have this fear or this shame around communicating or they don't know how to get the, the conversation started, what would be some tips, Sarah? Like, what would you say to these people to like really just open up and maybe speak to their partner about, about what's going on or what they're feeling or, or what they want to feel? What, what would be a good starting point? What would be some tips? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, if, for example, I think it's, it depends on where you're starting from. So if, for example, you are not enjoying your sex life, you know, um, which is a reality for lots of people, um, that is a conversation that takes some bravery to have, you know. And so um, it really does take bravery. So I think it's about creating space for the right time. And, you know, I think... Um, you know, one of the things I say to couples is just check in, is your partner ready to have a conversation? You know, is this a good time? Or if not, when will be a good time? Because I think what we can do when we're nervous about something is blurt it out in the totally the wrong moment and it can go down the wrong route from the start. So just creating some time to talk about this and just to say, you know, how do we honestly feel about our sex life? What are we enjoying? What would we like to? So if we can always frame it in the positive, um, then that can really help. What does sex, and just have some general conversations. You know, when I'm working with people, I'll say, why do you want to have sex? What does sex give you? And a lot of people just look at me quite blank to start with, like, oh my God, I've never considered that question. But actually, if we, we need to consider that question because then that will help to shape what it is that we really want. Um, and also, so many people say to me, it's like they don't like the sex that they're having, 
but they think there's something wrong with them but actually it's the type of sex they're having that's often the problem not them (laughs) you know so I think going out there and saying well how about we you know what would you be up for learning together you know there's tons of more you know compared to like 10-15 years ago there's so many books there's so many videos there's so many workshops there's so much out online courses there's so much out there but it doesn't sometimes take those sort of things sometimes it's a conversation um just about i would like to be having more of this together or i'd like us to be exploring some new things what would that look like and to have some really honest conversations something i do with couples is i get them to go away individually and write a list of what they desire Uh, but to spend some time doing it because you'll get the things in the first round you'll get the things you know but then as you spend more time doing it sometimes deeper desires come out Mm. um and you know, I think people think changes in their sex life have to look like big adventures, like we need to start dressing up or um, doing, you know, trying bondage or stuff like that, it, which might be what you want to do. But also, actually, it just be, might, might be wanting more time together. It might be like, I really love kissing, but we just don't do it anymore. Or um, we don't spend enough time just relaxing with each other's bodies and enjoying massage. Or there can be little things, actually, that can be really, really powerful. So I think having that conversation, um, you know, hopefully that gives you some tips on, on how to have that conversation. And then I think there's also, because also we need to know, have a sense of what we want, or actually just to say, I don't know what I want, but how about we go and explore together and try together? Yeah. Yeah. Makes complete sense. There's three things that I just wanted to point out off the back mm. of that. Um, when you have had these conversations, people listening in, when you have had these conversations, then you've got to go and practice, haven't you? You mentioned it right at the start. You've got to take action on it because a lot, I know, I know of like friends and couples that I know where they've, they've had these conversations, but then nothing's changed after. And then quote unquote, bad things happen or they split up or whatever. Whereas if they would have actually gone and practiced, like you said, or take action, then that makes a big difference. Yeah. And there's a couple of things on that. So I think it's really important to share. So, um, um, you know, for couples, one of the biggest challenges for modern day couples is creating time to have a good sex life because so much else is competing for your priorities. And if you didn't plan to go to work, you wouldn't go. And I think one of the myths is if we have to plan sex, there's something up with us, um, you know, and actually some, or it's going to be clinical, but actually, you know, when you're dating, you go on a date, you know, that's effectively planning sex. Yeah. Um, but part of the, the part of that is the anticipation and, and the preparation and all of that sort of stuff. So actually having some planned time and booking that in can be really important. But this is where increasing the range of what you do is important. So it might look like, you know, so that there's no pressure that it has to be an amazing adventure every time. Because if everybody had that, you know, that would just create more problems. You know, that it like I'm a really big fan of erotic massage and genital massage because there's so much that you can do. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much you can do. And taking some of the tantric principles of like um, genital massage, you can get to some incredible places and deep relaxation and pleasure that, you know, it's a bit like food. We've got, we might go out for a gourmet meal, but then we've got our, you know, we're not going to have that every day, but you might have your staples that you really love, like, um, I know, poached egg on toast or something, but it's just go-to food that you can go back to. And like genital massage um, for couples and, and erotic massage is just such a great practice that takes the pressure off and can be so relaxing if you're knackered or tired and different things. So 
finding things to do that are outside of the normal range, I think it's really important. Um, so, and creating times really important. So I've got some couples, they might take turns deciding what they're going to do to bring a bit more fun into it. And they might say, right, once a month, we'll do something a bit different. You yeah. know, does, if you, if, if, if our sex lives are like gardens, you know, if we want to tend to the garden, we need to put time into it. And it's, it's exactly the same with this. The other thing I think super important to mention is about desire because um, sexual desire, we wait for it to happen. And then if it doesn't happen, we're like, oh, I'm not feeling any desire. So I mustn't need any sexual activity or I don't want it or it's not working for me, all these different things. So what research is showing, and there's, there's actually a lot we don't understand fully about this, but um, there, there's two types of desire. So the spontaneous desire where it just happens and the estimates are that's sort of about 75% of men experience more of that spontaneous desire. But it's only something like 30% of women. The other type of desire is called responsive. And it means I need something to happen for my body to respond to. Mm -hmm. And so if I have some lovely massage, for example, then I start to feel aroused rather than waiting for that desire to happen and then the arousal to kick in. It's the other way around. Okay. Yeah. And so if we wait for our desire to happen, we may never have sex again. <laughs> yeah. However, if we just explore whether it's on our own or with our partners, creating time to have some intimate time together, I really find so many people are surprised about what happens when they create time. And it needs time, you know, for, especially for more women. Some women, it takes like 30 to 45 minutes for their desire to fully really come online and their arousal to happen in their bodies. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite sex teachers, um, she talks about having a three hour sex date because it's in that time that you can just go to incredible depths of pleasure that you're never going to get in 15 minutes. However, that's not always practical all the time and there's still beautiful pleasure to be had in 15 minutes. Um, if that's all you've got. So I think it's being flexible and thinking, you know, thinking differently about this. Definitely. You, you just, you took the words out of my mouth of what I was going to say. I was going to mention taking action time, but the other one I was going to mention, which you kind of like mentioned, but not, not directly is the environment. The yeah. environment is, is critical. And uh, I like what you said about scheduling the time as well, because my wife and I, my wife's called Sarah as well, funnily enough, <laughs> but my Sarah and I, we, 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 we make time for this stuff. We, we have a date, a date night um, and we alternate who runs the date night and it can okay. involve many different things. And sometimes there's, there's the sexual intimacy. Sometimes there's intimacy where we're just like, you say massage or having a bath together or stuff yeah. like this. Do you know what I mean? All of these things, uh, help, but also, um, the environment is critical, I, I, I believe. And where, if we are doing something like massage and stuff, we've got the candles, we've got the yeah. music, um, all that kind of stuff. So, um, the environment's important and don't always, as well think that the the intimacies for the bedroom i think we're again we're, we're we're subjected and programmed to believe that it all has to happen in the bedroom but we can get intimate wherever <laughs> oh, absolutely and, and and i think the environment's really important because i think as well another part of that because i was working with a couple yesterday and it's like one of them works from home so that you know work doesn't feel so sexy and so a bedroom they just associate bedroom with sleeping so it's like, okay, how can we adjust the lighting in the bedroom so it's different than when you go to bed or go to sleep? Um, you know, get a beautiful massage blanket, 
that, uh, you know, candles, music was like, they were like, oh my God, never thought about music. But also um, the other thing that I was going to mention um, about, oh, it's gone, about scheduling that space. Da, 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 da. No, it's gone. Oh, I was going to, there was something I was going to share then that was, in, but, but um, it might come back to you. It will come back if it's meant to. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Time, time and environment and, and taking action are, are huge. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it is easier said than done sometimes. Life does get in the way, but it's like, and, you know, there's times where, oh, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, because you it's know, and there's times, you. yeah, it's come to me. There's times as well when, you know, life has impact we've got extra stuff with young kids or whatever you know things might ever you know just just not be so active but then they'll come back again but i think another thing that's really important for couples to look at is what i call transition time because as well if we're in the busy mode of doing and day to day sometimes it's really hard to switch off some people don't know how to switch off and actually we need to sort of create transitions out of the everyday routine into this is an erotic space that we're creating together. So just like you shared to actually create an environment, but also it might be going for a walk together. It might be, I need to go and have a long shower on my own or having a bath together. Yeah. So, so it's like, we can't expect for a lot of people to go from busy doing of every day and to-do lists and everything, just switching to like, oh my God, I feel like a sex goddess and I'm, you know, it, t for, for it takes time. And also that's where things like massage and stuff can come in as well, because it just, is, it helps us to calm the nervous system. It helps us to slow down, helps us to switch off. So just to think about what transitions might help you as well. I think that's a really yeah. important part of the environmental, it's like important part of the setup. So yeah. Excellent. But also I think there's creating time. One final thing um, on that as well, there's creating these chunks of time, but just not forgetting it's everything that we do every day. You know, if we're, if we're in a relationship, do we spend time to give our partner a lovely kiss before work? Or is it that sort of, you know, cold peck on the cheek and rushed? Do we spend time to just really give each other a hug, to really be present with each other, to send each other little texts? Or, you know, one sex therapist, she said, you know, foreplay starts after the last orgasm. It's like, you know, keeping that energy alive. Do we look after ourselves in terms of, are we doing what turns us on in life? Um, you know, are we feeling vibrant in our lives? Are we appreciating each other and just mentioning those talking about each other and saying, you know, God, I really appreciate that. Are we valuing each other? All of these different things are part of like keeping that going and keeping that, that connection, that pleasure, that excitement. Yeah. And all of those elements to me personally, in my opinion, are all facets to being the best version of yourself you can be, the best human being you can be. Because 100%. when you're working on all of them areas, then you're developing and growing in all areas, in the, the areas that I promote on the show, the mind, the body, the spirit, yeah. that, that they're all going to be developed. Uh, so that not only will you grow yourself, but the relationship with, you, with your partner will grow as well. 100%. There's a, there's a few things, I'm conscious of the time, but yeah. there's a few things I want to ask you before we do wrap up. Um, the first one is sex drive. Mm -hmm. is that a real thing or is that like a myth so if someone says oh i've got a high sex drive or i'm low on sex drive is that a real thing are people wired up like that or is it or or not yeah so sexologists are now moved away from that term sex drive because it isn't like a drive we much more talk about desire now yeah. and it's sexual desire that desire to have something so, so when i talk about the spontaneous and responsive desire that's more the language that we use because 
Um, you know, a drive is more like a hunger. It's like, you know, we're going to die if we don't have it, like water or whatever. Yeah. And it's not necessarily with sex in that way. And, and so I think switching it to desire is a language that just feels more, um, um, it feels more as well empowering that we've got control over it. Because I think sometimes like, I've got this high sex drive, I can't, you know, control it. But actually, yes, we can. We've just got a lot of built up sexual energy that we're not consciously working with. And this is where like, some of the practices can come in to help to channel that. And I think a lot of the sort of conventional way we learn sex is about just building up the energy hard and fast and then like expel expelling it from the system. Whereas what they do in the Taoist and Tantric practices is like, here's this incredible energy that's so good for us. You know, the power of it is such that it can create human life. It's that powerful. So let's not just like let it go down and out the body, which is what happens whether you ejaculate or you orgasm. And, you know, the Taoists say that the men's, where men lose their energy is through ejaculation mm. and women lose it through um, excessive bleeding. And so the more we can come into harmony with our bodies, the more we can channel that life force. So, you know, with the tantric practices, it's much more up and out the crown, the Kundalini energy, whereas the Taoist is much more about circulating the energy. There's something called the microcosmic orbit, which runs from the yeah, perineum. Yeah. 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 Up and down. Yeah. Up and down. So yeah. bring in, and, and so what I find is that, that, that particularly the men that I work with, like I've got this uncontrollable sex drive. When they start to channel the practices, it starts to change their relationship with it. So desire feels like a more, um, uh, a much, much better word. Yeah, it's a brilliant word as well, because I, I'm a firm believer that d desire is the foundation for everything. If yeah. you've got the desire, like if you want to go and like you're doing, climb the three peak yeah. or run a marathon or start a new diet or quit drinking or quit smoking, it all starts with the desire. And if you've got yeah. the desire there to do it, then you're going to follow it through. Absolutely. So yeah, that was one. Oh, the other one is we've, again, they've come up a couple of times, but often the, these areas are, are seen as seen as maybe again, taboo or shamed or uh, there's regret around it. So personally, where do you stand on uh, masturbation and, and pornography? Are they, are they things that you encourage or, or, or does it depend on the individual? So take two separate things. So masturbation, hundred percent and i tend to call it self-pleasure because the actual very root of the word masturbation means to defile oneself okay, okay. so it's like and, and masturbation for so many people comes with histories of shame and all sorts of stuff and um, it's quite fascinating looking into the history of it you know and like what what would be done to people in the 18th 19th centuries around masturbation yeah um, and i think we still carry some of that and also it's something that's often done quickly and quietly under the sheets so we don't get caught as a kid. So again, the shame element. So when I work with people, I, I sort of say, let's, so you might do that. And it's also very goal focused. Let's create a self-pleasure practice. So it's actually, how do we explore our pleasure? What's it like to touch yourself where it's not about the goal or getting faster and faster? And so, um, so I feel like having a self-practice and, you know, you might call it masturbation is a totally healthy part of uh, being a sexual human being. Um, and it's got so many benefits. It's a way of expressing ourselves sexually if we're not in a sexual relationship. Um, but I think it's also healthy if people are in relationship because it can help if people have different levels of desire or um, it can be an actual part of a shared sexual experience as well. So no, hundred percent. I think it's a, a, like a gym training for your sex life. hundred uh, percent. No, absolutely. It's a great way of putting it because um, you know, um, 
you know, I, I'm great believer in use it or lose it as well, you know, as we get older. So it's like, if yeah, well, not- that's going back to what I said earlier about the, the longevity of your health and these centenarian centurions yeah. and cent- people that live beyond a hundred, they, they, they keep going. They don't, they don't stop because yeah. when we, when we start, then a lot of that's linked to stuff like Alzheimer's dementia and, and all of this kind of stuff. So yeah, keep yeah. going. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then, so, so, so I think for me, it's about bringing that sort of topic of masturbation out of the shame yes. cycle that it's in, because it is a total healthy part of being a human being. And there's so much shame around it. And it is like our personal gym training. I say that, it, you know, it's your training ground as a lover, um, for sure. And then porn, um, you know, I don't believe there's anything wrong with porn per se. Um, but I think there's two things. It's um, how we use it. So one, again, it can be wrapped up in shame. And also it becomes the whole sexual experience. One of my teachers has developed something called porn yoga. And the idea is, is that, you know, what happens is if we have it as just a sexual experience, the body becomes rigid and tense. And it's a very disembodied experience that actually doesn't support our sexual evolution and growth. So if you're going to use porn, to have it as more like a sex toy where it's part of the experience, but you're still very connected to your own body. You're moving, you're breathing, you're not having 100% of your attention at the porn, but you might just close your breath, close your eyes and take some breaths and feel into your body because this is where the problems come of like people then only, because it's so visually and, and audibly stimula- stimulating that then people aren't able to be aroused when they're with a real human being. So I think, you know, there's a reality that porn is there. Um, so how can it be used in a more embodied way? And, and um, so there's that aspect of it. And then I think there's also the aspect of it where it's a bit like a McDonald's. So mass pornography, you know, you could call it muck porn. You yeah. know, the quality of it is pretty awful. And, um, and it just does, you know, when people get their education from it, it's very, very, it's, 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 it's not real, you know. So I think if people are going to wanting to use porn to try to find stuff that's more natural, um, um, you know, lots more porn with like more real people using it who choose to be on it. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's a massive topic in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a really personal choice because people sort of say to me, should I use porn or not? And it's like, I don't think that's for me to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it's, um, you know, for some people giving up porn might be absolutely the solution to the challenges that having or for other people that's using it in a different way. Um, and that can really help as well because I don't want anyone to feel shame for using it because that's just another part of the sexual cycle that's been perpetuated and doesn't serve anybody. Yeah, hundred percent. And I suppose it's it's whether it's porn or whatever, it's the same as anything. If you if you like over, overdoing it, or you, you're going to cause some issues. And the same, you can use it however you want to use it. But if you if you abuse it, should I say? Yep. You, or if you or, yeah, or if you use it in a very disembodied state, which is yeah. really common. So it's just very functional, mechanical, and not satisfying. Um, you know, so many people come to me with after, with using porn and they just they just don't enjoy the experience and not getting anything from it. So that's where I feel having a really healthy masturbation self-pleasure practice where you can tr- to find some pleasure in it. Why do it if there's no pleasure in it? Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what, what's important to me. OK, Sarah, if you had to give then the listeners one piece of actionable advice that they could just like stop listening to this now and they can put this into action and into practice straight away. What would that be? 
for me, the absolute key thing is to shift the focus of your sexual experiences from goals to pleasure. Because when you are focusing on a goal, so if your goal is I have to have an erection, I have to have an orgasm, it has to get harder, faster, all of these things. When you're focused on that goal, you can't fully enjoy the direct experience because your attention is how do I move more and more towards that goal? And so it directs your sexual experience into a very narrow way. It's like putting these set coordinates in the sat nav that you're gonna to get to every single time. But it's when that's when people come to me and say, masturbation is really boring and unpleasurable or sex has become functional, routine and habitual. It's because all they're doing is focusing on this one goal of heading for orgasms and ejaculations. And so when you start to shift the attention to pleasure, that changes everything because it's, it's like, we put our pleasure in a hierarchy that it has to get harder, faster and more intense. And we're like these intensity junkies, but then we shut off so much possibility and so much pleasure. And so just that alone, and it's not as straightforward as it sounds. Some people get it straight away for others. It takes time. And essentially that's Tantra is we're about enjoying the pleasure and letting go of the goal of orgasms and ejaculations and not to say they can't happen hundred percent. They may do, but it's just not the focus. And that one thing can change everything. I love that. I, I think that could be a good way to look at all areas of your life. Focus Wait. on the pleasure rather than the goal. It's actually a total mirror of that. It's a total mirror, 100%. Wicked. Where can the listeners go to find out more about you, Sarah? Where can they get all your, all your information? And if, and if they need your help, where can they go? Yep. So my website is um, Sarah with an H, rosebright.com. And if you go to my website, sarahrosebright.com, on the right-hand side, you can sign up to my newsletter. And I've got a two-part video series, which is all about shifting from performance to pleasure. So it's about why focusing on the goal because when we focus on the goal a whole load of things happen in the body so I talk about that and then it's got some really practical tips on how to do that I've also got a YouTube channel which I'm just building an Instagram page all at Sarah Rose Bright Facebook the same um, and so you know please feel free to reach out because um, I also just want to make this information accessible I've got a really great book list if people want to email me I'm happy to share that with you um, if you've got any questions um, please um, you know don't hesitate to get in touch Perfect. And I'll drop all the links in the, in the show notes in the description as well. So Fabulous. people can just click on them and, and look you up. Okay. We always end my podcast in the same way, Sarah, and I hope you've uh, prepped for this one, but it's, yeah. uh, it's with a favorite quote. So can you just finish the show and end the show with a favorite quote, please? So one of my favorite, the favorite quote that jumped out to me when I, when you asked me this question is uh, from a sex educator called Pamela Madsen. And the quote is, learning how to have an erotically healthy life is just as important as learning what foods to eat. Awesome. Love it. And I just, you know, just to finish that, this is lifelong learning. And so I, I just feel it is such an important part of our health and well-being. So thank you so much for creating the space to have this conversation. I've really no problem. It. I, I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. And thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge, wisdom and expertise with, with myself and the listeners. Total pleasure. Thanks, uh, Sarah. Take care. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, peace and love.